What's up, world? How we doing? How we living? Undeniable perception, episode 20. Brother from the same mother. 2020? 20. Man, oh, then it's Thursday, man. When you slipped up, we didn't do yesterday, but it's all right. So we had them. We to waited eight on, days. Yeah, man, to focus on the present. 2 plus 3, what do you get? You get 23, right? You get 23, which remember is LeBron that James. Number. No, remember that number. Okay. Different 23, subtract 13, what do you get? You get 10, right? Now you got 7. No, from 23, you subtract 13. You get 10. You get 10, right? Yeah. So now you got two numbers, 23, LeBron James, and Messi the GOAT. All right, enough. Go. Perfect. I like that, man. Wait, wait, hold on. Yeah, oh, this is kind of weird. Wait, there's someone to the right of me right now. Oh, man. Me music composer, movie composer, Chino High alumni, my dear friend. What's up, Julian? Welcome, Jewel. Living man, good. I, I, thought, I felt like that intro was kind of weak, man. It if was. I would have been your friend from that age, man, forget it. I should have hyped you up, man. I would have put this guy to, to shame. But music composer, what does that mean, man? Music composer. I don't know if I would classify myself as that, but, uh, you know, composing is just like, nowadays it's, it's, it's a lot different from what it used to be in the 90s, for sure. Um, I think in the 90s, if you think about composer... You know, there are a lot of like, there's more composers and I were more like musicians. You know, they're good, good with the pianos. You know, they were live instrumentalists. But now, what you would consider a composer is just like somebody who writes on the computer. You know, so you're computer. talking about physical. There was an actual physical thing that was not a keyboard. That was not a keyboard for the computer. That's what you meant by musician more back in the well, day. Yeah, like I would say even before the 90s. Um, Basically, what happened in the 90s, 80s and 90s is like with computers is that everything changed like in the game of composition. Like composers back then for movies, they used to write everything by hand, you know, on paper. Mm. And the movie studios would, would contract these composers to come and do the music for their movies. And they would actually have live orchestras um, play everything, record it. And then when they would have playbacks for films, the composer would be like with the director and be like, okay, this is what we came up with. Here's take one. You know, this is what this scene's gonna sound like once everything's recorded. Right. But it it was a lot of money. It costed a lot of money to do that, and um, then the union, everything. Yeah, it cost a lot of money to do that, to, especially with the musicians' union, and you know, paying the players, paying the conductor, paying the composer. To do just basically these demos, right? Right, these demos for these movies that probably wouldn't even get approved for the real movie. Because then the director, or whatever, could could hear that, and you guys put all that time into it. They did, and he's like, "The guy with the cello, I don't <laughs> like him." Done. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then, but like, what happened in the eighties, nineties is you have people like Hans Hans Zimmer really um, pioneered this whole like. They were doing it a lot in the UK at the time, but in Hollywood they weren't doing it. Where they actually had sample libraries, where they had these virtual instruments on computers, mm. where you're able to take a keyboard, you know, hit the notes, right, hit whatever notes in the keyboard, and you have an amazing recording of a cello or amazing recording of a string section. And this was all done virtually, like on computers. And the reason why Hans was a pioneer of this is because he took that technology to LA and he kind of capitalized on the whole scene. He was one of the first people to do that. I think he was the first person to do that in LA. Wow. And so, so when people would hire him, they're like, you know, well, we basically don't have to like go and right. bring all these musicians in to hear an orchestra. Like we can literally right. go to this guy and, you know, hear like a full orchestra you know, that was made on the computer. So, so then in walked in hip hop and like, we'll take this. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah and, <laughs> and I mean, I think I think computers in the whole digital age just changed. I mean, it didn't just change film scoring, but it changed, like yeah, even hip hop. You know, the, the days where you had to like, actually have a studio session and have, you know, you would actually hook up your, your um, MPCs and your actual drum machines and you would right. hook those up, feed the audio into the big mix board and do it that way and it was a whole process with that and chopping up you know tape or whatever it was and with computers like once you know once the 90s hit and 
even the early 2000s when Pro Tools really took off, it just it changed everything because people were just writing music on computers and basically just programming things, and you didn't need to, you know, have. So to ask you a very serious question, one of the most important ones I think I'll ever ask, you knowing so much about music and instrumentation and all that stuff, so when you walked in here, you're like, man, what the hell is it? One mic, one Mac? (laughs) (laughs) Where's your soundboard? Nah, bro, nah, bro. No, honestly, man. No, Hello, I was like, bro, I'm nervous. Dude, I was nervous. (laughs) Nah, bro, not even. Asking for interns and all that? (laughs) Jesus. Nah. Actually, it's funny because it's nowadays you actually do you don't need as much like you do need less. You know there are people that do podcasts on their cell phones, right? Right, right. Yeah. And the technology is getting so much better that you theoretically could do a whole podcast show and not even have a computer or a mic. You know you can do it all on your phone, and you could, you know, there's apps. There's there's actually a GarageBand app, I think. Yeah, and you know yeah. I haven't I haven't talked to you in years. I know Renato, who you're very you're good friends. So I've talked to you in a while, uh, but even before. I mean, you and I have never conversed so much, so I know that you, I could talk to you for hours regarding all the, your music expertise, but something I want to dive in with, man, is I kind of wanted to see what my brother here is thinking. Because you go way back, right? You guys go way back? Yeah, man. I was just reminiscing, bro. Back in the days. Remember? It feels like another lifetime. Like a whole, dude, that was 2007 circa was how long ago? 14 years ago? Yeah. Yeah. 14 years ago, man. I know my little sister always tells me, she goes, because my sister, she's she's thirteen, and she, I think she like trips out how old I am because she's my sister. Mm-hmm. She's like Julian, you're in high school fourteen years ago. That's a long time. <laughs> she makes fun of me. She goes, I cannot believe you're in high school in the mid two thousands. Like to her, it's like another yeah, a decade. Like because my <laughs> sister, was, she was literally born a few months before we graduated. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. 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 Wow, I was thinking about the other sister because I remember her being young. Uh, that sister's already old. You know, and God bless her, man, because she should see it that way. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? We, we should look like old folks, and I'm 10 years older than you guys. But you guys, so in high school, what you guys used to do, man? How'd you guys used to run? What you guys used to this. mess with? You know what's funny is that in high school, like, in high school, I was kind of, I don't know if you remember, but I was in and out. Yeah. Um, I was around freshman year, and then sophomore year half of sophomore year I actually left and then I went to Don Lugo I was getting a lot of trouble with my dad and my dad wanted me to go to Don Lugo and he put me on independent studies for a while and then I would actually come by and visit the school every once in a while and kind of like see what everybody was doing but I didn't come back till senior year mm. yeah so from the second half of sophomore year and all of junior year I was not officially at Chino at Chino, at Chino High School. And you were in and out why? Because you, you had your focus on other stuff? No, I think I was just, I think I was just so into like, I don't know, man. I'm just, I think I've always been a wanderer. Okay. You know, and I've always just, I think I was just into this girl. You okay. Know, I think that was a big part of it. She just took a lot of my attention and my energy. Was that girl the muse of music? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no. how did we, how did, I, I'm trying to remember, how did we come about with music? Oh, dude. You know what's funny is like, I don't, I'm trying to, I think it was it the, I think it was the, the Biasal beat that I, okay. had, that I had made. The Jedi Mind Tricks. From the Jedi Mind Tricks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think and then that B you got. I might have actually. Like actually Javier Solis I, track, right? I might have actually yes. cut up the actual Javier Solis yeah. track. Yeah, that was cool. I remember made that. Yeah. It. That's right. And I think, I think it all, because I was making beats since like eighth grade, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I'd always been doing it. Even when I was at Don Lugo that whole year, we had like some class projects and I would just like make songs and make beats. I remember that. So I would always come to school with like, I, it's funny because. Like going home, like from eighth grade, all the all through high school, like I would when I would go home, I would literally get in front of a, a computer and just work like all day and just make music, and then I would burn one song on a whole on a whole like eighty minute disc. Okay. And then I would I would bring it on I would bring it on my CD player to school the next day, and I'd have all my friends listen to it. Yeah. I'd be like, hey, what do you think of this beat? What do you think of this beat? And I did that all the time. Um, with the Biasal beat, I don't think I actually, 
I don't know how. I really don't remember how that happened, dude. Where were you? We were in his house the, in Pomona. Where were you putting the music at? Sorry, Nora. Where were you putting the music at in eighth grade? What were you using to make these beats? What program was that? Uh, at that time, was it Fruity it was, Loops? It was, it was, it was it? Cakewalk. It was called Kinetic. Okay. Yeah, it was Cakewalk. So even at that age, you were starting to do it. You do it all night after a long day of work, meaning what school was, right? You Friday. be at school eight hours. <laughs> you come I, home and like you know this is your passion. You throw on. You're making too. a beat. You stay up all night. Wake up. Burn it. The next day, you go back in the, the bus or whatever, and you're critiquing your own work. Yeah. And like LeBron before a game, and he's yeah. showing his friends, Bro, that's some I, dope I shit. Yeah, man. That's, that's, that's good. Well, that's how you get good, and man. And you're still that's doing why. it. That's why you're big time, man. But that you're right. I, I, I remember now the Payaso beat. I was pretty obsessive with it. Yeah. Great, man. And for, the longest, and for the longest time, I was like, I don't understand why, why my beats don't sound as big and as full as... You know, like as this producer or this right. producer, and I know they're using a lot of the like same Swiss things. beats, etc. Yeah, and I know, and I, I and I remember like they were using like a lot of those producers in those days use Fruity Loops, and a lot mm -hmm. of producers are still using that. But Fruity Loops wasn't much different from what I was using. Okay. And as far as like the sounds, like there was no reason why with what I was working with it shouldn't have sounded as big or as as full as like a Swiss beats track. Or, right. You know, well, because it's all that money in production, but the, the the point is like the passion to get into yeah. it and dive into it, huh? Dude, yeah, definitely yeah. the craft. But like, I remember like hearing he showed me Jedi Mind Tricks, and okay. it was a Bayaso uh, song, and I remember hearing. So that wasn't because you asked for it. No, so I heard that and I was like, wait, that's Javier Solis. And I remember we were talking about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh, you know the song? And I'm like, yeah, download that shit. And you downloaded it, uh -huh. and this motherfucker made a beat. Oh, for spot. some reason, for all this time, I thought you suggested it. You no, I told him I was like, "Get Payaso okay. from Javier Solis," gotcha. and he looped it and he made my version beat. was better because I actually, <laughs> I actually used I actually used the chorus or like I used it. One you used the chorus. Your I version used, is better than Jedi Mind Tricks. I because I actually and we killed that verses as, as the chorus, and that was actually better than the, I you, think than the Jedi Mind Tricks. Do you remember your verse? No, and I don't want to. <laughs> oh, you guys, you guys, you guys threw some. You guys, spat, you guys spat some bars on that, huh? So just to take us back, bro. Okay, when he pulled up right now, when he pulled us, when he pulled up right now, he was in a brand new Honda, and I was oh, telling yeah. him, man, the last time I saw you, you were in a, you were driving a, a '96 Nissan, Hoopty, '96 Hoopty, and I got this one story, bro, that I remember. <laughs> I mean, this was when we were working at Albertsons. And, right. and we're broke. We're how old? we're sit, seventeen years old. I'm probably like seventeen, or eighteen. Seventeen, eighteen years old, no money, working probably like twenty hour weeks. What was minimum wage eight bucks? I don't know, but I know like I know a good portion <laughs> of my paycheck every week went to buying a a phone card because I would always run out of minutes. For <laughs> that Virgin Mobile. Anyways, I remember when when Paranormal Activity came out. Oh yeah. And I the remember, first one? The, the first one, okay. bro. And I remember I was like, Gimmick was like one of the homies I would drive and we're hyped up to watch it. And I was like, bro, let's go watch it. And you're like, bro, I, I got no gas. And I was oh, like, I remember I that used like, to be a real problem. I was man. like, fuck it, bro. That let's used just, to be a real let's just get all the change we could get. And I remember this dude pulled up at the gas station and we he paid with like 50 cents. And we got like one third of a gallon or one fifth of a gallon oh, enough. Bro. And to that get drove us you guys to the where? movies. That gets drove you where? That drove us to, was it Movies 8 or Movies Experience? I it think Movies been, Experience at Chino Hills. It might have been Movies 8. Or Movies 8 in Chino, bro. No, because you guys could have just walked to Movies 8. You wouldn't have done yeah. that. Because you guys worked at Harkins, Harkins, since. bro. Was it Harkins? Harkins. Harkins and Chino Hills. Because they used to be Movie Experience, but that's Harkins now. Yeah. Harkins wow, and Chino Hills, bro. Yeah, because I was like, if it was Movies 8, I was like, man, why don't you guys just walk there, bro? It's right next door to Alex. Remember I that? about that, bro. That's yeah. badass, man. Dude, I, for, I totally forgot about that. That's a good story, man. How was the movie? Dude, that was great. I remember half, half the time this dude had his hands over his eyes like, like bro. See, I think that, that could be the, the, <laughs> journey, the journey to get to the movie theater. I think it would be a better movie. There you guys are working at that age, Albertsons, trying to, nah, get, it's gas. Gas can't even take us two miles right now. Uh, sounds like a so you guys have to scrounge. You guys have to scrounge with a chair. Hey, you guys get that. That's awesome, man. No, so... That yeah, Nissan, dude. That, that was my, yeah, that, that was my first car. That yeah, that was, I had a '99. Rims on it at the time. Yeah, you had some rims on it, dude. Yeah, I know, I had it. It was nice. I mean, for a high schooler, it was. Oh yeah, man. yeah, that was a fresh car, man. I had a, a car in high school. I remember the the AC was blasting and the windows <laughs> were down, dog. That's how we would roll all the time. I thought it was so cool. 
so I was gonna I was gonna tell you, man. Me and my brother, you know, growing up Catholic, dude. Mm-hmm. You know, in a Catholic environment, being forced to go to church mm-hmm. every Sunday, and then I I could just I wanted to pick your brain on how it was. You know, your your father being a pastor. You know, yeah. how how was that growing up with that type of childhood? How was your perception of that? You know, I didn't appreciate it until until um, I got married. I think. I mean, I appreciated it to an extent always, and you know, I would always, you know, show my dad appreciation and be like, "Thanks for." My dad just put a lot of attention. I mean, we would when we were younger, we would just call it. He's just so strict, right? Yeah. But if you think about it, he just put a lot of attention into just like our just our, our character. Yeah, yeah, our yeah. character and. You can't be like that with people, you know, you have to, you have to, you know, be respectful or be polite, you know, you need to, you know, go to church, you need to um, have a solid foundation of what your worldview is and your beliefs. And, you know, and obviously all the things that come with that, like, from in a Christian perspective, right, like, like the gospel and, and all that. Growing up, it was, it was tough because I really didn't, my heart was not, obviously, like most kids, it just wasn't there. Um it's weird how in high school, like, and even junior high, like, your whole world is, your whole world is school, right? So everything that's going on at school, you know, junior high, high school, like, to, that's everything that matters to you. Yeah, it's a worldview, man. Yeah. That's our resume, right? Our reputation. And it's, it's kind of cool because, like, in in those days, like, everything just feels so fresh, so new, like, music feels so fresh, like, we've seen people with, like, you know, like, fresh Jordans, you're like, man, like, it's it's such a, it makes such a big impact on you because you mean you, you were staring at this guy's feet <laughs> at that yeah, time yeah. at that time I had shirts like, at the time forex tall his his forex shirts yeah, yeah. So I couldn't <laughs> see his shoes <laughs> dude that's so funny dude your shirts were so nice <laughs> up to my knees bro his backwards hats um yeah but I think I think it wasn't until like I I got married that I realized. Where it's like, dang, like I'm actually, I feel like really prepared for this, mm-hmm. you know. And I feel like we would go, my wife and I would go through a lot of like, just like issues that everybody goes through, right? Like Definitely. dealing with in-laws or you know, um, you know, not wanting to like compromise with certain things. But I felt like a lot of the stuff that we went through, I was kind of, I felt prepared for it, and I felt like, oh, my dad, my dad kind of told me about this once, or. Right, we learned about this in church growing up, right? Um, but what it, I knew, like I knew, like even though, like in high school, like I did my own thing, and after high school, I kind of did my own thing. Um, it, I knew that eventually I was gonna have to go back and embrace it wholeheartedly because if you, because everything that I knew about life was, was rooted in that worldview of like Christianity. That's a foundation. Yeah. That was my foundation. Like even things that have, even even things that have nothing to do with religion. You know, there's things that I do that have nothing to do with Christianity, but I just do because it's influenced by Christianity, right? Um, and, but I think even once, when you have a kid, it kind of, you kind of have to, like, ask yourself again, like, how am I going to bring my kid up? Like, what yeah. do I want my kid to, what do I want my kid to believe about the world? So, yeah, wonder right? what the, how the, well, how you compare and contrast with us, right? Like, us yeah. growing up, Catholic, it really is what, like, what they say in the Bronx Tale, right? You know, like, hey, um, you confess on Saturday, you can start over, all over again, sitting again the week, right? But we were, you know, we'd be forced to go to church on Sunday. No kid wants to go at that time, right? Mm-hmm. But what comes with there is a lot of that guilt that's built into that Catholic religion, especially at that a time. Yeah. But for you, is it different? Because I hear it's different because, I mean, obviously, like, with us, with Catholics, right, everything over there is kind of painful, right? Yeah. You, got cro- you got Christ on the cross, right, for the yeah. sacrifice. You focus Great on the point. pain part, right, the images. Like we used to go to those churches and a lot of the, you know, there'd be like demons coming out at the bottom yeah. with a saint on top. So there's all those depictions. And I understand with Christians, you guys don't have that, right? It's more uplifting. It's just, you guys have like a cross and like a purple don't symbolize, scarf, yeah. like, you know, the cross is cold or whatever. Mm-hmm. Not a scarf, but you know what I mean? No, like, no, right, right, so, right. so Good with point. symbolism like that, or did you have guilt, like similar to us as kids that's injected in you or how's that? Uh, guilt, guilt. Um, I think at first, yeah, I think at first maybe there's, like, guilt if I wasn't, like, being, like, a quote-unquote good Christian, right? I think there's a lot of people that 
struggle with like I just feel guilty because I feel so like I feel like a hypocrite. Okay. I'm supposed to be a Christian, but I just told this dude off like at yeah. the store, and I was a jerk. And what kind of Christian am I? It's just guilt. But I think I think you come to a point, at least in my situation, I came to a point where I I moved past that. Like I realized that okay, well I'm not perfect. I'm a Christian, but yeah, I'm not perfect. But the reason, like, because I'm not perfect, because I am so, like, fallen as a person, like, this is why I, I feel like I do need God, right? Okay. And, but I wouldn't say that that's, like, a motivator for me. Um, it's just, it's what motivates me, and I think it's just, it's a lot of empowerment for me. And if you read about, like, if you think about, like, all the prayers, like, the King David prayers, some of those prayers that King David had were pretty, like, somebody would, would listen to those and be like, damn, this guy was, like, kind of, like, who do you think he was? Um, but King David was kind of, like, he was so confident in himself and so confident in his identity as as a king that, dude, he was, like, he was, he was like, he was a strong dude, for sure. And he, and he went through a lot, but it was, you just hear this whole sense of like yeah i need god but also like empowerment and it's funny because when you had talked about that when you had brought that up i thought about um this um i'm not gonna like really get preachy right now but i think i think when we think about the bible we think like oh my god like right it's so like like christians are so like they're they're like wusses or like they're they're just like kind of pushovers but this is like actually my favorite passage in the whole Bible, and right. it's the it's one of the most empowering things that I've it's ever. All, it's from page one to page seventy five. <laughs> Bro, I'm not gonna get preachy. Get comfortable. <laughs> I'm not gonna get too preachy right now, but I just like I think it's pretty crazy, dude. Like uh, just how he used to think of himself. Yeah, like when I, cause like, like my own experience was it was like um, I'd have friends in high school and they were very Christian. You know, in high school, mm -hmm. it's all about you know you want to have groups, you want to be around stuff, and they're like, why don't you come with us one time? And they, were not, they weren't trying to recruit me or anything, but I was like, yeah, let's go. But the experience was totally different, man. Like, you had the, the pastor up there. He had, like, a Bluetooth on talking through it like that. It was all modernized. I was I, like, yeah. what is this? And it was cool because it was, like, youth, though. You know, I it was, like, even if you want to get people Christian engaged, there was, like, a... It was in Chino Hill somewhere before it blew up right across from McDonald's. Chapel? All that area, like, the those old business areas. But it was one of those things, like, it was huge difference because it's, like, uh -huh. oh, we want to make a community out of this, this for kids, you know, all that. Yeah. That was cool. Dude, well... This is like it's it's Psalm eighteen and okay. it's it's the whole chapter really, but I'll just read a little bit. It's like chap chapter chapter or verse thirty seven. It David says he said I pursued my enemies and I overtook them. I did not turn back till they were consumed. I thrust them through so that they were not able to rise. They fell under my feet. For you equipped me. You equipped me with strength for battle. You made those who rise against who rise against me sink under me. Mm -hmm. You made my enemies turn their backs to me and those who hated me, I destroyed. Damn. Dude, but why, does, why does that one stick out to you? I think, I think it's just like the idea of, it's kind of, it's like the cliche like verse that everybody uses and abuses. It's like, like if God is for me, who can be against me, right? Right. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of, that's like a deep truth. Like it's like the feeling of like, if you really do feel like you are falling in this path and you have this worldview that God actually does know who I am and I actually do know who he is and I actually have this personal, you know, um, you know, conversation with him, if that is real, right? And if, if my worldview, my religion is the truth, right? Because there are a lot of worldviews, like how empowering is that to know that that if God is is for me, like, like I can like do anything, right? I could, nobody can truly be against me if He has my back, you know. So if I have enemies, if I have people that are oppressing me, and right here David's talking about people who are trying to oppress him, like he, like he would actually be so confident that he would battle back against them, and know that he would be victorious, because he had like this mindset that it like all this strength wasn't just from himself, but he had. This this force behind him, you know, this God force behind him, and I think that just the idea of that is just it's like so overwhelming. I think that's a, uh, 
I think it's a beautiful thing to hear the passion in your voice, man, because yeah. it's like, I myself, I mean, I can't speak for not that we were raised Catholic. Uh, I can, I mean, I could say I'm Catholic, but I'm not that practicing. I have my beliefs and I do my thing. But I think it's a beautiful thing, man, that you have a lot of passion for it and it comes through and, you know, it gives you yeah. a, a lot of strength and expands your worldview. And yeah. and speaking, no, and I definitely agree. And, and speaking of that, uh, you're the first person to actually give me a Bible. Dude, I you still have that? Bro? And I still have it. Ooh, nice, yeah. man. Dude, I remember I he gave, gave it to me. Dude. You remember that? Yeah. Dude. Can you tell the story? Dude, I don't remember. I don't remember that. I, I, where did I give it to you at? I think yeah. he gave it. <sighs> dude, this used to be mine. Yeah, but yeah, he gave me this Bible, and he was like, "Here, bro, I want you to have this." What year was this? I think we were seniors, man. Oh, was we're in high se- school. We were huh? seniors or, or in high school or juniors, maybe. Yeah. Damn, dude, I can. This used to be my Bible. I used to take this to church with me. Oh, that's dope. In high school. Yeah, man. Dude, I know why I gave it to you. I know, I know, I know the motivation behind it. Um, and let's I, hear about that. What was I the motivation? Because what was he in high school when you saw me? Like, damn, demon. No cast. But, you know what? I think no. I dude, me and I were, we're all like. To me, like we're all the same, bro. Like it's me and my friends. We're all the same. Like we. I was into what they were into. Right, right, right. Yeah, I like the music they like. Hip hop, athletics, at the same time, especially basketball. At, at the same time, even though I had all these like these relationships with these different people, I think going back to the guilt thing, mm-hmm. I think maybe this is even like maybe this was an okay guilt to have, but I think I felt I wasn't making them better, or I wasn't helping them. In the way that I should help them. Oh, okay. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Like, can you imagine, like, growing up your whole life, being taught these certain, like, things and these, like, beliefs. Right. Of, like, you know, you know, like, my dad would be telling me, like, you build your brother up. Like, you make him a better person. Like, don't, right. don't lead your brother down the wrong path because you love your brother. You don't want to see him, you know, you don't want to see him go through a life of, you know, heartache. You know, mm-hmm. if you see your brother getting into things that you feel like are going to lead him down the wrong path you you help him you save him from that and i think i think um with renato like renato was you know one of the people i cared about the most in high school mm-hmm. um i felt like a sense of you know like like this is my responsibility at the same okay. time even though we can like joke around and we can record music yeah. and diss people and you know <laughs> or like talk about like you know even the way i was with like you know, with certain girls and stuff. Like, right. we talk about all that stuff. But right. was that, were those things, were those things that we're into, those things that we would bond over, were those, did those things, were those real, was that really going to make him better or make me better? Like, was it something that he could take with him and be like, you know what, that impacted me for right. the rest of my life? When, you, you know, talking about, you know, you know, like this girl you liked or this party or whatever. <clears throat> and I knew that, like, I know... I think I have that sense. I think I have that sense about like a lot of people I encounter, especially my close friends. Like I don't want to like try to preach to people, but at the same time, I understand that there is this thing that I believe where I feel like I could, I could help you, right? I could, I could, like iron sharpens iron. I can make you. Right. I can mm-hmm. make, help make you stronger. I can help make you, you know, more firm in your beliefs. Or, you know, maybe there's something in here that you read. That is gonna be like, man. You know what? I'm gonna like teach my son that. Well, I, I don't want to be a buzzkill or anything, but if I'm keeping score, yeah. You brought up beats first, Renato, then uh, the Bible. So beats, beats winning? The, just kidding. That's just a joke, man. Drop no. your favorite verse. Dude, I mean, the fact that he brought the Ezekiel fact that he, 25, dude, the fact that he brought out the Bible. Man, talk about that, man. That's impactful, man. He gave that to you. You were 17, man. I remember that, man. That's and I remember the first thing he says, like, God's word is written in red. Because I never knew, like, you know, I never messed with the Bible and thought it was a real cool thing. Oh, uh, dude, I'm glad. I'm actually, I'm actually proud of, like, 17 or 18 year old Julian doing Yeah, that's good, man. <laughs> He's uh, after I gave the Bible, I ran so over bad. someone that took off. He didn't run. Look, I, I, <laughs> I, I, really, I really care. I really care about my friends and I care about the people that I meet in life. And I think, like, when you told me to come by and like, do this podcast, like, I told my wife, she's like, you're going to go, you're going to go, like, do a podcast? Like, like, because my wife is like, she's not as social as I am. And, okay. Uh-huh. And she's more like, you know, um, if she hasn't talked to somebody in 10 years, like, there's no more, there's no relationship no more. All right. But me, like, I'm very much, I like to see things come full circle. Yeah, man. Right? Yeah. 
and there's certain friends that I have that I've had, you know, since high school, like that, that I know like one day I'm going to talk to them again. Right. And things will come full circle again. And maybe I can like encourage them or maybe like, I don't know, maybe how, I can. How did the conversation go then with your wife? When she said that you're like, oh, she was yeah. like, she's like, yeah, go do it. She, I mean, she's, my wife's super cool. Like she's like, yeah, go do it. And I think she was like, she's, she's happy to see me like just go and, Good, you know, man. kind of reunite and stuff. But yeah, I, I, I really do care about my friends. I care about, you know, I really, I mean, I don't want to be like too sentimental either. Kind of, right. I don't want to be cheesy, but you know, I think, I think like when you have these strong relationships with people at certain times of your life, you know, it's unfortunate how like we can go like another 10, 15 years after that and forget how much, how much, you know, that time meant to you in your life and how much yeah. that person had meant to you in that time of your life. And, you know, I think to come full circle and to reunite with people, it's, dude, that's a good thing, man. It's good because it kind of makes like a lot of your relationship not in vain. Like you can continue to like, absolutely. Because you know what? The thing that I always kind of fall back on always what the idea on is that those people knew when I was that age. Yeah. Only those people, you know, you it's not that many that, people yeah. because and that's like a beautiful thing, man. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And I think to just switch it up a bit, man. I think I, to, I heard your album, by the way, man. Yes. The memory of memories underground of underground hip hop. Yeah. Hip hop, right? It, it's a uh, memories of underground music. Yeah. Oh, music, underground music. Yeah, yeah, my bad. Yeah. In my head, I was thinking about. Well, that's funny, man. I, the whole time I was I was thinking about like hip hop because that's what you guys did. But I was like, this doesn't sound like. No, it wasn't thing at all. So I think it was gonna, you know, I enjoyed it, man. Good job on that. It was like what six tracks, five tracks. It was uh, six, I think. The um, so it's listed as atmospheric, right? And, and I understand what they mean by that when it's you know these labels are created obviously because we have to organize things and put things in their categories. But I never, I understood what that means, but I, I never liked the sound of that. How do you feel about the sound of that Can atmosphere? Explain that? explain that again? Yeah, atmosphere. Because it's always listed as atmospheric. Like that kind of music was instrumental. It, it creates, you know, a space and environment, right? But all music does. But with why would it be labeled atmospheric? Because there's because one track you had words in it. But the rest, it has that cinematic feel. Is that what it's kind of considered? Or why, why is it atmospheric? It's... Um, I don't know if I would label it as atmospheric. Yeah. I would label it as cinematic influence. Okay. Um, film score and like cinematic music is very much its own genre too. Right. And the thing is, like, film scores are so diverse that you can have like a hip hop score. Exactly. Or you can have a score that is all electronic or a score that's all orchestral, which is right. kind of. But at, but the, there's also like a. There's also a genre like within like there's subgenres within like all that. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think I think the way I would classify that project was that I did was like a I would classify it like a cinematic beat tape. Right. Because it and it was that thing was like more of an experiment, and it was really just more just to see if I could. It was just my way of like 2019. That's when I did it. It was more of my way of. You know just creating something that would be final and it was like kind of like making a statement like in a journal right okay and if I'm gonna continue to make which I do plan on creating more music um, but that was like a to me that was like a journal entry like a, okay. like a first journal entry okay and like we're kind of like we were talking about earlier when I used to write music in eighth grade like on these programs I'm like why doesn't my music sound so big and what's wrong with it like why doesn't it sound so polished that album, I actually did that the completely right. I did that the right way completely. I, I did all the tracks. I produced it. I developed them, um, and I also, I also like re-embraced hip hop because for about five plus years of my life, when I got started getting into film music and writing cinematic style music, I had kind of like shunned that part of my life. Mm -hmm. Like, dude. that. I think it was just like when you're around like certain people especially like when you go to music school there's like an elitist attitude towards music that you have towards music that either like you know cinematic music is the best like the elite do the cinematic or the right. elite mm -hmm. do orchestral music like i wow. only write for string orchestras because right. you know because i'm above that woodwind woodwind instruments yeah. and then like 
there's like kind of like a condescending attitude towards like you know pop music and urban right. style music and i think for the longest time even even when i was working in like in that in that setting and mm-hmm. going to school studying like how to write for strings or orchestras um i think i i only did that i i only shunned that because i felt like i needed to because huh? my peers did but if i was really if I, but the thing is like if, if i really i would still listen to drake like in the right. car yeah on the way but i wasn't home. writing that music right i wasn't yeah. i wasn't right i wasn't i wasn't like making beats anymore and that album was really like a time of me that ep that i did was really a time of me like you know what i am who i am right and i like i like four bar loops yeah. i like hip hop i like i like the sound of a kick and a snare and having everything in the background right yeah man i enjoyed it man i was just i think it's labeled atmospheric that's why i brought that up yeah i think i i might have labeled it yeah did i i probably did I could be wrong but i, I think so because when i heard us but man it was good man i enjoyed it how much time did you spend on it uh about a year okay yeah about a year yeah that track the signal the one with the words on it i yeah. really like it i got brian oliva brian avila yeah avila he's the one that says yeah so that's so brian i actually he i used to go to his i used to watch him do spoken word in pomona like well, it's oh, hip-hop wow. and rap my mistake oh yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. yeah i used to watch him do spoken word in pomona and i hit him i always like looked up to the dude oh, he's shit. just like he's a local artist yeah i was like hey dude can you just like i want you to do a poem for like and you know he's like okay so so we recorded him do, we recorded him do it and that was like the one track that just had like spoken word on it yeah. but that project was just me just embracing who I felt like I was musically you know I'm really into the cinematic stuff and the strings and like that style but I also really do like I do love hip hop music it's my roots yeah totally that's it's and it's just me being okay with who I am right and I think the spoken word thing is like man I love that stuff you know so just finding a way just to do with that track I just made a beat and like dude just spit poetry over it and it was me not caring about trying to have this elitist mindset right but it was also a way for me to do a project that was right and when I say it's right I mean in a sense of like I I produced the whole thing I sent it in to get mixed so I had someone actually mix it and then after we he mixed it I actually got a mastering engineer to do like a real master on it so that project is like really mastered by like like at a real spot where they like do everything like all basically the lady that mastered my project you weren't trying to be an elitist no, <laughs> no, 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 not the yeah, quality no, of the work. No, the quality no, of the work I just wanted has to be top notch. But I know the, what you mean. I wanted the quality to be. I just wanted the quality to be what it's supposed to sound in a commercial. Correct. Commercially, like Definitely. how it's supposed to. Sound. Well, music at its optimum level, right? It's getting the respect it deserves. Yeah. Definitely. Right, yeah. but you're talking about your influence and kind of music it is. And I think like, so did you feel that immediately when you started getting into that field at that time and the education behind it, that it was like. Not that you're disrespecting us if you like, they're shining it off, but it's like, I need to make room for this and just go with this for now. And I can't really dip my toes on the other stuff because this is what the thing is right now. And you have to put all your attention to it. Rephrase that question. Like the, uh, so when you started getting educated on this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. On that field you were in, that you're still currently in it, but. When you were doing that, and then you saw the you noticed the elitism, as you seen like, no, this kind of music is the best. It's the composers mm-hmm. that do, you know, violin, cellos, etc. So did you have to not necessarily fully give your heart to that, but buy into that idea in order to make room for it in your brain now? No, I think I have to. I think I have to separate myself. Yeah. I think I have to separate myself. I think I have to stop thinking about what everybody else was doing and what I wanted to do. Um, and it's just more like. It's a lot of like internal dialogue that I had to have with myself, and and honestly, like that, like me doing that EP was like an experiment. And honestly, if like if you ask me now, I just I don't like it. <laughs> I just don't like it. Well, that's a good response, right? Because yeah. it means you evolve into something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and it's I mean I think it's passable. Like I'm okay with like me dying and it like sitting and people like listening to it. Yeah. And I think that's why I put the effort to like properly mix it master absolutely so like it's properly published but 
I don't want that to be the last thing that I do when I die. <laughs> do you know what I'm definitely saying? Definitely not, man. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like... Because you want them as much as you can as possible to make. It's, yeah. It's definitely better than PSB so far. <laughs> Damn. Well, high school song. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. What is that? <laughs> Damn, dude. That was one of our songs growing up, man. Well, so, yeah, I remember to walk, walk in the room and you always be with your boys and you guys so, were recording you've been writing something. So, what was So, it was cool. No, but it was cool because... It was during like the MySpace era, and like during the MySpace era, you'd be able to like put your own songs, like on your page. Because it started like as a, it started as a band thing, right? Where you promote your music and all that. So first it was what was it? Facebook, and then MySpace came, and Facebook was just exclusive, I think, for just college students. Harvard. And then they created MySpace for everybody. Right. So that's when we jumped on it. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And then it was so cool where you could like design your own page upload right. pictures we were all good at coding back in the day dude i remember like Hell yeah, copying dude. and pasting i'm like that's not man, coding <laughs> but back in the day i remember it'd be like you those were taking the coding type in center <laughs> and then you'd center everything but yeah, yeah was, my profile is so fresh <laughs> what, your, were, what were you guys what was your for? profile name did i what was your name wasn't it just gimmick it was a gimmick <laughs> nice Gimmick, and I was hectic with a K. Where'd you guys record? So when you guys hit your music, we're talking about rap, right? Hip hop. Where would you guys record it at? His his uh, MacBook. He had an. I could take that Mac MacBook anywhere and record anywhere. So right. Record so you would it. just record straight into your Mac. Yep. Yeah. And like he said, it was I was like iBook actually. That was like an oh, iBook G4. And would you guys have a mic or just straight into the, the, yeah. the mic oh, from yeah. the computer? Had an internal microphone. The internal to brought the internal microphone so you guys would all jump in there and do your yeah. so when you would jump in there to spit some bars will your friends be back to oh that's pretty nice they'd be writing some stuff and they jump in there too pretty much or like, was it all from the night before and all this other stuff that you guys had written it no I, we would write right there on the spot I think okay. we would write on the spot because yeah. like there was this one time like and it was cool because like we would bump our music okay going to high school and then like nice. it'd be like so dope and it'd rewarding. It'd be on the, fresh on the CDR already. Yeah, like it'd be like so dope and rewarding when like a homie's girlfriend's little brother would have our song, right, on their MySpace it was a good page. Feeling, bro. It, it was, was an amazing. It's feeling. an immediate feeling, man. Because yeah. you imagine all the artists from the forties, fifties, sixties, even seventies turning in the grave, and they're like, they'd have to record something they couldn't hear till way later, yeah. unless they had a portion. But then you guys immediately, just immediately record it. Put it on something physical, play it back on the so, device. So there's this one story we were dissing this one crew, right? And they they dissed us first, and we're like, "What? What was the crew's name? What were, what were their names? It wasn't one of Faye. It was the other. I can't think of. So it wasn't. Rem I mean, it wasn't memorable then. No, 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 they're good. But what's funny is like we ditched class. We ditched probably like what three periods. We ditched two periods <laughs> to go record, and we ditched lunch. Like left the campus to go record, and, and on that your verse, spot. I think no, we went to my spot because okay. I was right by the high school, okay. and he had his uh, iBook. And I remember during that verse, he said, "We ditch school to, <laughs> we ditch school to drop this diss track on you, fool." <laughs> and like we uploaded yeah, it you during that, that for this. Yeah, we uploaded it during that lunch. On put my it space. on CDs. Yeah, and we uploaded it on a CD. So you guys were battling through the... So we the, came back right after. You guys were battling through the internet. With yeah, that. man. Hey, dude, How man. long did that go for? Bro, uh, that was... Senior did, year. That. It was we all did, senior year. We did that throughout senior year. Um, you know what, though? Like, it was... um, It was it was a cool feeling, like, uploading things to... Because we had a group MySpace page, right? To the music page. Gimmick and hectic. Yeah, yeah. We, would, we would upload to the music page, and then it was so cool to go to school the next day and then just hear people's feedback totally. and then like dude like it would get like 300 plays 400 plays 500 plays and i was like damn like people actually like people in school like that we, that we don't even know are probably like, actually listening to this and it was it kind of goes to show you how like yeah i mean people are really receptive of it i mean dude 500 plays like just from people from school that's and then you have like people's little brothers like little brothers pulling up bumping it. Yeah. Like I remember that. Like I remember like when you were talking my little, about my little my little brother used to bump that. Yeah, right? I remember M Miguel's little brother Quinn. He would tell me like he would be bumping that all the time. And I'm like, dude, that is so hard, man. Yeah. Dude, if we would have stuck with it, maybe we could bring it back, bro. Full circle, man. There you go. Drop dropping the album. There for you go. Hectic's <laughs> return <laughs> for 2021. You know what I'm saying? <laughs>
<laughs> but it goes yeah. to show you how receptive people are in high school, huh? Well, dude, like I remember how many how many CDRs you have lying around about this. The dude, PSB? A lot, but I still can't find. Dude, how, I don't even many, have though, my. How many? How many tries do you guys do, think you did? We did. Gimmick, Julian, and I did six, seven, eight. We did like eight tracks. That whole album. Nice, nice man. Yeah, that's man. That's some dope stuff, man. You can't lose that stuff, man, because you need to have that. And you I remember. Lose it, man. That's a bad stuff. No, I remember cool. too. Another story. It was our high school prom, and we were we had a limo. And we were bumping our our music on the way <laughs> to the prom. Dude, that is hilarious. That's so wild, man. Yeah, man. But yeah, he was talking about how receptive uh, people were in high school, and he makes a good point. But what do you mean by that, though? Because like people, were, because we would see like the love. Like we wouldn't necessarily hear a lot of love, but we would see it. Like for example, like on MySpace, like it'll tell you like how much plays. It gets. Okay. And he'd be like, "Damn, like we got." 500 hits for oh, this yeah, like I'm people are listening there'd be hundreds nice be hundreds. man and like it's cool because now thinking back it's like that's dope that we did that because we probably like motivated a lot of people you know or, or were the example of like hey you know what they did that i could do that too yeah. right you know what i'm saying and like influencing yeah, but, they suck. but they're, yeah. they're trash they're the best ones of course <laughs> we still standing nah but yeah man that just showed i just wanted to highlight that no. You know, since you guys are talking about like, you know, like battling and all that, you, you can't have a fickle spirit for that, right? And those things are so important, I think, especially when you're young because you get to learn about yourself and you build yourself up in there. How do you react? How do you get better, right? The reason I'm kind of turning this to the left field, but before I we started talking, I saw that, that famous player, Osaka, you know, the female tennis player, she said for this new tournament, the French Open, She's not going to do any post-conference interviews because she says that I think they don't people don't realize all the mental strength that athletes go to and the mental challenges and all that other stuff and it makes us question us and all that. Mm -hmm. So my immediate reaction to that, before I get into it, when you hear that, she's going to be like, you know what, I'm not doing post-conferences. What's your take on that? How do you feel about that with an athlete saying that? Two, okay, I'm going to do two sides of the coin. Um, one side... I'm all for it. Fuck yeah. Empower yourself. You're empowering a new movement. Like telling people, you know what? I don't got to do no interviews. You guys are watching me type of environment. And I'll be better that way for my mental health. On the other side, the people that paid their dues in the past will probably be like, man, you're weak. I had to do this way more. And mm -hmm. it, two sides to the coin, man. That's the way I would perceive it. What you think, man? I don't know, man. I think... I think I, okay, I'm all for it. Like, I think whatever it is to protect your mental health, right? And it's her, it's her decision, it's her choice. She's she can do whatever she wants with her time. But there's an expectation that people have. I think, I think, um, I'm not gonna say which athlete. I think I think a lot of athletes are becoming a little bit more entitled and just like not entitled. Maybe it's not the right word, but just like not willing to play ball as much as they used to. Like as far as. They're just a lot more sensitive, and they seem to be a little bit more, you know, emotional and just not willing to. You know, I think that's a kind of good example. But I mean, I don't know. Who am I to say? Who am I to say that they that they're not supposed to? Per I mean, it's a different age. Too. I like get what you're media, saying with media, yeah. with media, mm -hmm. and with constant bombardment of, of cameras and microphones. Like media's blown up so much, so it's harder to get away from it now. We'll see. See, I like you guys' view on it. And the reason why I ask this question like that is because that's the whole premise of this, right? What are the different generational views on this, right? And you guys share a generation. So me, I kind of feel like I just want to go hard on the pain on this one, right? Okay. I think it's ridiculous, right? That that's her. That that's the way it's gonna be. Like, hey, I'm not gonna do this, right? And I'm not trying to put like be like all the old man sitting somewhere and be like, oh, I don't get it. No, I understand, but to me it sounds more like an excuse, or it's a um, trying to hide something with something else. Almost like saying like, like you put on perfume and you haven't showered for a week. You know, it's like yeah. you're trying. You're it's a nice smell, trying to hide a disgusting smell, right? This idea where you're going to this tournament, this 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 a slam, right? It's one of the top. It's a top one of the four slams, right? And you can be like, you know what? I don't care about the press. 
who are getting paid to have to do this. I don't care about that. I care about my mental health. But how is the press affecting your mental health? I've heard those press conferences. It's like it's like softballs are throwing at you, yeah. especially for tennis. So I think it's hijacking the idea and using an excuse that it's going to affect me. First of all, that goes to the fickle spirit, man. Dude, you're a professional athlete yeah. who's won majors. You're telling me that's going to affect you? No, it's not. It's just BS or trying to create some new movement, right? And aside from those things, it's not because we can control how the media sees us, right? Because Instagram, whatever she has, and I'm sure she probably does all that stuff. She controls what the narrative is, right? right. And having this thing be like, oh, I'm going to sit here and ask questions after a, a match. I don't, I don't feel like it correlates, man. Like there's this mm -hmm. idea of that. So I think it's ridiculous. I think, you know what? If you don't want to do that, then I think the French would be like, we don't want you. Or something like that to kind of because if you allow this, I think it's gonna snowball. They gotta. This is or then again, or maybe it's just a question about the death of journalism, right? Going back to the idea of like you self promote yourself, you control the narrative, so you now you don't have to answer any questions. You know, like so. You already know, like yeah, exactly, because the media spins everything. They'll take a loophole. They'll antagonize you. But Gim, uh, Julian brought up a great point because. You can call me Gimmick. Right? Gimmick brought up a great point because. The media is way more now, like Twitter era, Instagram, more cameras, camera phone. Like LeBron James saw this since high school. You know, Jordan didn't really go through that. You know, so it's a lot different if you compare it with generations as well. Because right. the the internet age, man, it's a beast. Sound bites, man. And they're trying Sound to say like they don't need the press anymore, right? We they don't, man. And she's a smart girl. She's yeah. intelligent. I've heard her spoke, uh, speak many times and all that from TV. But what the what she has stated with those comments to me, they feel like they don't make sense. Like to say that it's gonna affect your mental well being and con con connect it to like mental sanity. What? Get out I of see, here! I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't connect that. From. I know where you're coming yeah. from. It just That's... seems like weak minded. Yeah. Even because... though we know she's not. Man, you've won right. slams. To be a professional in that. Yeah, you, you gotta, are not weak-minded. Like she's not showing. She's any. one of the strongest. I just feel like it's like trying to start some Leadership. some movement or trying to hitch your wagon to something else that's not even connected. Right. Yeah. And then like you're just limiting the the press aspect of it. Can you imagine like jobs. after a good game, you know some things that I look <laughs> forward to. I don't know if you guys. If one of my teams that I follow or athlete that I love wins something, I look forward to that interview. Oh after. yeah, I'd be watching. Even when that. they lose, because it's not yeah. like they get. You, you don't see the press trying to poke them. They're like, hey, so it was a tough loss, blah, blah, blah. It's rare when you hear like some lame question. It's always like very respectful. I understand if it was like a circus in there and they're just trying to throw shit in you and all that, then I get it. But that's not what happens. That's not what's going on with her. That's yeah. a good point. I remember when Marshawn Lynch, he wouldn't want to participate and they started fining him. Yeah. And then I remember when he would go to his interviews and the, and the post crimes, he'd be like, you already know why I'm here. Right. Right. You already know why I'm here. So that's why they won't get fined. That's why the NFL is so elite, right? They, they keep things on check. They master man. that, yeah. But I get it. I get, you know, you're free to have your opinion about it, do your thing. But I feel for that's like, well, you really complain about what that? What do you think about players who are refusing to play for certain things? Like, you what do you mean? What, like, what do you think about the whole, um, you know, the NBA teams not wanting to play, like, or saying that they weren't going to be in the playoffs or participate in the playoffs last year? Well, last year is tough, right? Because really, we've never experienced this, right? Mm -hmm. Not not us as in the world or people, but our generation. We haven't experienced a pandemic, right? That's so I get it because it was kind of scary. Mm -hmm. It was spooky. This, this idea. So I, I get that element of it. But it seems like the same people that were complaining that weren't going to do that were out partying too, right? So, yeah. so I don't, um, in terms of that isolated incident, I think it depends how it's framed. But man, if it's a protected environment, the NBA has so much money, you're gonna protect us more about like they didn't want to be alone there, you know? Yeah, that's what I was that's what I was thinking too, because it, dude, I mean you have I mean, NBA has so much money. I mean, you know they're right. they have they have access to rapid tests and you uh, know the best like, doctors. You know, yeah, man, like it's yeah, Probably I didn't think jets. it was I don't know how I felt about it. I kinda of, kinda of had mixed feelings about it. You know, just like but LeBron's kind of like getting on my nerves a little, a little bit lately. I, dude, I love... You're I, like, read past page one, man. <laughs> read past page one. Is that what? I love the Lakers, man. That's my team. I love, yeah. Like, I love LeBron too, but I don't know, man. I don't... I just... 
I don't know if it's woke, like woke culture or what, what it is, but mm-hmm. it's just things are becoming. I just wish sports were less about people's like personal like opinions and like even political opinions. So when you hear woke, what's your definition of that, Renato? First, what do you think when you hear the word woke like that? Because I immediately have a reaction to how I think of it and my definition. <laughs> what do you think, Renato? When I hear that? the word woke, I, I I think of fake woke. What do you mean? So it's like people that think they know their shit, but they don't know their shit. I get like that's what I think. But what's in what is in? Let's just say. But in, a, in what's a woke definition and the the world the perspective the way it is? I know because it keeps evolving and changing. But when you hear oh that person's woke, you're not trying to be disrespectful. Like you know you, you know you know more info than other people. Like the okay. ins and outs of what's really going on. Gotcha. Like who's really pushing the buttons? Who's really okay. making the calls? So it's like as that's a what positive. they mean by. That's what they mean by oh. So it started as a positive, but yeah, it's, it's started converted as a, as like a negative. That's or that's how I feel about it when I hear what it. Do you, now. What do you think, man? What do you think, Mick? Like when you say think about that, like what? Like when when you said that right now, like what you think? What you mean by that? <laughs> I think everything's like I think when everything is so like through the lens of like social social justice and like racial justice, or and it's not even like situations that have anything to do with that. Okay. But we always like like wanting to look at things through that lens, you know, or make things like a social issue or a racial issue. Like it's yeah. just where like it might not even be that. Like it might not even like if somebody if somebody, you know, is like let's say you have a like a Karen, right? Like somebody like mm, what they right. call a Karen, like some like going off at some at some like young minority kid, whether it's a black kid or a Mexican kid, and you record her on your phone, right? And, um, you know, and she's going off on him, and then, but it's all like, like collectively, society looks at that through the lens of like older white woman, right? And minority, right? Right. And racism, right? Being woke, right? Like that's 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 injustice. Like that's right. racism. That's racial. That's racial injustice. She shouldn't be able. She shouldn't be talking to him like that. And, but the thing is, like, there's so many issues that somebody can have. Not just she could be racist, right? right. She may very well might be, might be. But she could have an anger issue. Like yeah. she could be bipolar. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, she might. And that we're catching maybe someone at the worst moment, right? Yeah. And then and then that becomes more like the cancel culture right? idea, right? Yeah. Like the thing that I hear, but I want to hear woke because is same as you do not like you said like oh like the idea of it first is like oh you know it's like this person knows a lot they really understand what's going on behind the scenes they're woke but it's become like a negative right and rightly so it's kind of become negative right what i find funny is like this example you just used right now gimmick is that this idea of being woke right but then then we create this someone creates a term karen but it completely contradicts what the wokeness is, right? Because no, we're trying to stop racism, yeah. trying to do this, but now we're gonna label someone a Karen. And that equals old white woman that doesn't get it who's racist, right? Well, we need to be very careful. I feel like we need to be very careful the times right now because things, yeah, the way that, the way that things are turning, it's like, it's kind of turning like reverse. Like the, like the tables are turning now and people will do things that are, Look, there's nothing wrong with having exclusive like clubs and stuff, but people will be so exclusive right. to their racial, you know, like having an organization or have like a, an all Latino, you know, right. uh, yeah. club or something. And people will become so exclusive racially that it starts to become, you know, like, like actually like kind of like segregating yourself from other people. Like, well, you know, uh, white people are not allowed here. And yeah. it actually, is, the tables kind of are the tables are kind of turning a lot on Caucasian people, you know, and they're experiencing a lot of what, not to the same extent, right? But they're they're experiencing a lot of prejudice now, you know, because because you know it's like you know we should we take pride in our culture and you're not allowed here and you know and that's and, that's, and we learn right that's what we're going as a society we're moving we're going forward but it's one thing i did want to bring up that i saw this yesterday and it just kind of goes back to what you said about that because it's contradictory so and all oftentimes it's this second part is ignored so the first part 
I don't watch the WNBA. I don't know who does. But anyways, there's this is girl. I forget. I guess she's a star in the WNBA. And the coach on the opposite team said, "Man, don't you see what she's doing? She's three hundred pounds." Because I guess she was oh, handling people on the court, right? She's a handling, kind of like what they used to say about Shaq, right? To jump on him, but we didn't go crazy, right? right? And I get it. First of all, dude, you shouldn't say that. You're a coach. You're yeah. talking about an opposite player, right? So first of all, that's wrong. We know it's wrong. Don't do that. Is there ill intent? I don't know. But the thing that I want to talk about that I find more funny, that people more fascinating oh, that people don't mention wow. is that after they asked her, and you know, like really tough, and I get it, her anger and everything, she's like. I ain't gonna let no little white man, you know, who's like 110 pounds talk about me because I'm all this, right? That's more in, in fact, I feel like responsive, like by saying white man little, you know? Yeah. And I'm not a white man, right? My skin is a Mexican, but that is like, and that's not even talked about. So they go into the sports show talking about why would he say that about her? They played her response and they just ignored that. But it seems hot. It's hot. It seems hostile. Like it's just like yeah, what is? And then yeah. you add race to it now because she said it. Like, uh-huh. but that's ignored. That's okay. That's what I find odd about yeah, this because dude. people are just you know it's like taking your nose off and spiting yourself. You know, so because like, it's like you're trying to fight something, but you you're perpetuating what you're fighting against. Well, I guess that's and gonna, it's ignored. Yeah, that's. I guess it's gonna go back to like, like, what people say. Like, do you believe white people can be racist? I believe anyone could be racist. You know, and there's a lot of people that don't. There's a lot of people that think, oh, well, you know, you know um, or do you think that black people could be racist? Yeah, anyone. Any, yeah, I believe anyone. Could be, dude, yeah. people are racist within their own, within their own, within their own uh, culture, with their own culture, with their own people. You know, because historically, like Mexicans hate Salvadorians, and Salvadorians hate Mexicans, and all that. And like, then we're all Hispanic, right? But I get it. Like, like yeah, obviously we're not the all know professors about race and all that. But I've heard terms where like. You can only be racist if you have power. Well, how do you define power? You know what I mean? Like, they stopped it. Like, no, anyone could be racist, man. I don't care what any professor tells me. Anyone could be racist. Don't tell me that only certain people can. I'm trying to change the definition of something. That just goes to show you how the headlines are with the media, how dumb it is. Instead of having, like, a real conversation and breaking everything down. Like, what you were saying, like, they only show you, like, the lens. Like, a white lady. Maybe she has an anger issue. Maybe she's bipolar. Like they don't discuss, they don't talk about that other right. side, and it could be any so, color. Like, they show like, that person that bad moment. Like with Kyrie Irving, I love the fact in his podium, uh-huh. he's like, you know what? I don't care about the game. I'm just worried about what's going on in the world. So like real problems about real, real problems. problems. So right. if you guys want to ask me about that, I'm all for it. All I care about from this game is that everyone gets home safe. And then I'm at the gym the next day, working out. Uh, first, or the show with Stephen A. Smith is on. Headline says first take. Kyrie Irving is distracted from basketball. And in my head, I'm like, what a damn shame. Like, I know that's all clickbait, but... Well, what would, what would make you turn into it more people? Not you, but the average people if it said, Kyrie Irving uh, is not interested in basketball, distracted basketball, or Kyrie Irving has an interesting and different view perspective on his response to what's going on in the world. <laughs> no, but then again, you know. Dude, journalism is so bad, bro. It is. There needs to, like it's it's out of control, and I don't even know how you fix it. There needs to be some kind of like reform for journalism. I don't know how you can fix it without without censoring people. I mean, yeah. I'm, which I'm all I'm not for censoring anybody, but right. Just like what? How do you create more accountability with journalists? Like I don't know. That's what they got. But it's ra- It's just yeah. it's it's clickbait. It's ratings. Like you know, it's just people want to fabricate stories so. They get clicked on, and so you know you tune in, and it's kind of it's not even funny. what I read. <laughs> Man, will you? Would you want to talk about something else about music or anything, or do you have any questions you for, any, for your you boy? You got anything on your mind, man? Um, that you well, wanted to get off your chest? We have a cigarette real rap right now. Oh, so nice, man! I like this. I'm in for a treat. I'm in for a treat. A little, little throwback. Give me your best four bars right now. Because if not, they'll be like, I have red pelo, red hot light, canelo. Are you fluent? Am I fluent? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, completely, man. Yeah, I'm not. You're, um, let me remember, you're Peruvian. Peruvian, Mexican. And Mexican. Okay. That's right. Your mom's Peruvian, right? My mom's Mexican. Oh, your mom. Well, Peruvian, Italian, hence the last name. Pastorelli. But my my in-laws. Well, that's why your dad had no choice. He had to be a pastor. For real, dude, the first six letters in his last name. That's funny. Um, 
He actually He's our pastor, it. Ellie, 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 Ellie. <laughs> <laughs> That's a collection play, homie. <laughs> My in-laws only speak Spanish. Okay. And, yeah, so I, I'm, ha- I'm actually getting better having to interact with them. And your girl's full-on Mexican, born here, Mexican descent? Uh, born here, but she's, you know, his, Spanish is her first language. Yeah, so Mexican descent, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, she's yeah. first generation. Yeah, she's definitely, yeah, she's more traditional. And I think those are, like, for me, I mean, in my opinion, like, those are the best ones to find, the traditional ones. Well, good, yeah, man. The homegrown. Uh, well, that's good that you're working on your Spanish, though, because I, I saw on Apple, like, your uh, recent play, you got Bad Bunny, so... Yeah, man, because right with this man, this was this, this recording was just this recording was just a run through. We're about to record in Spanish, so here we go. Uh, hey, man, sure, it was good sure. seeing you, man. It was great to hear that everything's going Thanks, well man. with you, man. Thanks, bro. Yeah, man, appreciate you, Gimme, for coming through, blessing yeah, us on the I'm mic. Down, I'm down to come whenever. Yeah, man, we'll we'll continue for sure. For sure. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thanks, Raw. Thanks everybody for listening. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and comment. Anything you want to add? Thanks. It's going to be great seeing you, man. Thanks. Take it easy, everybody. Peace.